It takes so long to get to the part that I wanted to. That didn't work out at all. That's what this show We're going to pretend about. I didn't do that. What? So that's what this show is all about. Failed pranks or shit that takes too long. <laughs> uh, hang on. <laughs> We're going to do an effort one. All right. From the top. It might be too loud. It's cutting out. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Now Available, the Internet's only streaming service podcast. I am Adam Howard, and with me, as always, Boy Wonder, Ricky Ettinger. How's it going, Ricky? <laughs> I, I do appreciate the, the joke, or the... Uh... The moniker, even though I'm older than you. So you would be the boy sidekick <laughs> or boy wonder. That's great. I love that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're here we are. We're back. It's a brand new year. Um, new year, new me is what I always say. No one ever says that but me. Um, and, you know, we're just going to we're going to pick it back up where we left off. Um, and we're just going to we're just going to do it. You know what I mean? We're just gonna mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, we're back with episode ten of Now Available. It's been a long time coming, <laughs> dude. Okay, so yeah, behind behind the scenes, so we did the the Halloween episode, and as I went to go like look at it, it's all fucked up. Like, it it played, it played like the first like two seconds where it was like a nice like video, and then. It would freeze, you would hear our voice, and then a voice would freeze, and then the video would come back for a second. And it would just change, like, just, like, change a picture. Um, and then it, that, vi- that video in total should have been, like, a little bit over an hour. And there was only, like, six minutes that had recorded. <laughs> yes, dude, it was terrible. I felt so bad. But I mean, yeah, but it is what it is. Yeah, that, we're coming back. We're making it up with a three movie spectacular. A new year, spectacular. Uh, end of the year, new year, uh, spectacular. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something like that. Hell yeah, dude. No, I'm I'm glad to be back uh, doing it. Um, this is a a bright spot in my week. Uh, and it well, I don't really do now. Okay, so now that I'm done with school. Uh, I'm working again, but we're only like part time, so I have nothing but time to sit around and watch movies and not. Do Dude, it. I'm in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the same exact spot. That's literally all there is to do. Like all the stuff that I would normally do, I has been gone for almost a year now, and then on top of that, like it's I get done at like noon, so. <laughs> everyone that I would hang out with or do stuff with is uh, still at work. We'll just have to start a daily show now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Could you imagine? Dude, just if, streaming on Twitch at 1230 in the afternoon. If it's like a five minute long show, <laughs> every day. That'll be, that'll be our new show is we'll do a daily show. Oh uh, yeah, the, what 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 did you watch last night? The Daily Show, and it's just oh, I watched Doom again, and then it's, <laughs> then it ends. Doom, which Doom did you watch? The Rock one? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I put that one on. I put that on all the time. That might honestly, that might be my most watched movie right now. 
<laughs> okay, so <laughs> my thing is like I I try to watch a movie before I go to bed, but what I'll do is like I'll put a timer on it so it turns off. Like I'll fall asleep during it, and I plan right. ahead so that I can fall asleep to it. So I don't put on something that's like I don't know important really. But Doom is really dark too. So like I'll turn the brightness down on my TV. I'll turn that on. It's already dark. I don't feel bad about falling asleep while it's on. Uh, rinse and repeat. Mm, that's fair. Fair. That's that's my whole swag. Yep. What have you been? Uh, so what have you been up to? What have you been? What have you been watching? Um. What have I been watching? Obviously, the movies we're going to talk about today. I've been watching. Um, outside of that. I watched this weird movie um, over our time that we've been off called it was it was a Netflix movie. Maybe we'll spin it, but it was called um, like Ghosts of Girlfriends Past or whatever. And it's a so it's it's basically a Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. except it stars Matthew McConaughey. Yes, and it's okay. about how yeah, it's about how he's a playboy and how he screwed up this one relationship and yada yada yada. And it's just a weird movie, but it's also Matthew McConaughey, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> I think he has like uh, that's not the one where he has blonde hair, right? Like like uh, like streaky blonde hair, or is that I'm thinking of it, um, made in Manhattan. I don't think he has. I don't think he has streaky blonde hair. I don't think so. I feel like he was in a lot of those like rom com movies. Yeah, he was in he was in that. He was in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. He was in. I think there's another one on Netflix called like The Wedding Planner or something. Yeah, that with uh, what's her name? No, wait, is it? Yeah, that's the one with J Lo. I was getting, I almost got it confused with The Wedding Singer, with Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be interesting having, um, that'd be the case. But I actually, speaking of Adam Sandler, I had a weird thought. So, okay, uh, over break, I fell down a little bit of a rabbit hole watching old SNL stuff. Mm-hmm. And they have this one sketch called, it's like Hermier Boys or something like that. With It's got Adam Sandler and Chris Farley in it. Ooh. And Adam Sandler just got a blonde wig on. And like the whole time I'm watching it, I all I'm thinking of is Adam Sandler, like if they did like, so if a, a corporate studio came up with Jay and Silent Bob, Adam Sandler and uh, Chris Farley would make a great Jay and Silent Bob if they were like. Oh, cool. Uh, if they were like, um doing it through a big budget lens where some studio exec came up with that idea, then that, I think that would be a perfect casting, especially like for that time mm-hmm. and stuff like that too. That's a really I was cool just, thought. Yeah. I'm like, wow, they would have been really good together. Yeah, I never, that's so funny. I would have never thought of something like that. Like the idea of, you know, a set character being so-and-so's thing. What if it were, you know, some big wig that came up with that idea instead. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Wayne's World, like Wayne and Garth. Like, imagine if they would, instead of that being an SNL thing from Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, if, like, you know, if, the, if the Weinstein company came up with that idea, you know, who would they cast? Yeah, I wonder who they would cast for that. Shit. Uh, imagine Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. <laughs> <laughs> No, it'd probably it'd probably be Ben Affleck and uh, Matt oh. Damon. <laughs> Holy but shit, I think that'd I, be awesome. It would have been funny. I had a, a crazy thought, and it would have been funny if they did Wayne's World in, in uh, 
Wayne was played by Jack Nicholson. Ew! Wait, but would Garth be very... Dana Carvey or would be somebody say? else? Would Garth be Dana well, Carvey? I don't know. I didn't think that far ahead. All I thought of was the particular cadence Jack Nicholson has, but doing that as Wayne. Ew. Ew, that's so gross. Uh, and, um, and, uh, Garth would be played by Shelley Duvall. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> wow. <laughs> What what a fan casting for t- for 2021's uh, Wayne's World, Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, that's Gosh, awesome. uh, have you watched any like shows? Did you get into any like uh, any kind of TV? Anything on streaming services you get into? Um, I'm trying to think. There hasn't really been any TV shows I've been watching too closely recently. Um. Well, me and my fiance, uh, we watched we watched Gilmore Girls, so that was one thing. <laughs> uh, but other than that, that was pretty much the only show I watched. <laughs> oh, I did watch a show. I just remembered I did watch a show. I finished Clone Wars. Oh, that was really good. Yeah. So. The last season was okay, but like the last four episodes are incredible because they take place basically at the same time as episode three does. Mm-hmm. But they featured Darth Maul on Mandalore with um, Ahsoka, like in her story of what happens during the Clone Wars and stuff like that, or like during when episode three takes place. So it's pretty cool. That's dope. I always wanted to watch those shows. Like, same thing with like Rebels. I always tried to get into it. But uh, I just, I can't, like, I feel like there's too much, you know what I mean? I, and I don't want to have to sit through five seasons of the show for it to get good or something. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thing is I, like, um, just kind of, like, like gritted my teeth and made it through. Mm. But honestly, you can pretty much, pretty much watch, to, like, the last four episodes or so and be fine, I think. Mm-hmm. Or just search... Darth Maul Clone Wars and just watch all of that. You'll be fine. That's sick. I do, yeah, I'm like, uh, I was like, in between shows, like, I, I restarted New Girl, and I got to, like, season five, and then uh, I just completely fell off of it. Um, same thing with Psych. I had gotten all the way to, like, the last season, and then um, I just fell off of it. But I did watch all of Cobra Kai in like one day. Like, do you mean like the whole series or yeah, the, the whole, whole third season? The whole series. I, <laughs> I put it on in the morning. Like I was playing Warcraft. So that's what I got back into really like, like hard uh, mm. because I've had so much time off. It's like, I'll come home and I, it's either go back to sleep or sit around. So I started playing Warcraft again. Um, so I'll, I'll just fucking sit here and grind it out. But I'll put it, I put it on the one day, um, like in the morning, uh, I think it was last weekend. It was like last Thursday or not. Well, I guess that's not the weekend, but whatever. I put it yeah. on in the morning, uh, and I was like paying more attention to that than I was to Warcraft. So I just turned off Warcraft and I just sat here and watched it all. And then I was <laughs> like, I was so stoked. I was like, holy shit, this is so fucking good. And then literally like, it was like the next day that they put out season three. 
Um, oh, just, wow. Yeah, I just burned through that, too. But it's a fucking good-ass show. Oh, I also... I just remembered... Because um, you're like, I burned through that whole show in one day, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched season four of Big Mouth. Or, I think it was season four. Yeah, yeah it was season that, four. That was I watched all that. It was pretty funny. Uh, um, <laughs> fucking big... I... Dude, the cast at Big Mouth is great. Like, I love all of those fucking people so much. Um, yeah, they're they're awesome. Uh, John Mulaney, Nick Kroll, Andrew Reynolds, uh, Jesse, something. I forget her last name. But this this season they had uh, Zach Galifianakis and Sterling K. Brown on it, and uh, Paul Giamatti. Fucking Paul Giamatti, incredible. <laughs> and um, I. There was more people, but I don't remember any of these. My my main dude, and I wish I, it sucks. Oh, so I really like uh, Jason Manzukis. He's like he's uh, yeah. what's his name? I can't even think of his name on the fucking show. Jay. Jay. Yeah. Uh, he's on Comedy Bang Bang, which is like a podcast I listen to every week. Um, he's on there like a lot, but I can't ever be like on Twitter. You know, you can like, hey, I, oh, I really liked you in this or whatever, or like, hey, you fucking suck at Patton Oswalt or, or whatever. He doesn't fucking use any social media, so there's like there's no way that I can connect with Jason Manzoukas. Just have to go to his house. Yeah. Jason Manzoukas, if you're watching, uh, I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last yeah, last time we were we were in the good old now available podcast uh, arena. We we spun spun for the runner with Nicolas Cage on Netflix, and we never got around to it. So now we're getting around to it. <laughs> this is what's so um, cool. Like I I I like listening to podcasts like that are very consistent, but also like it's cool that somebody that does list like that was listening frequently or something we'll see like this huge gap in time and then they turn it back on and it's the exact same shit nothing's changed we still had problems when you're we setting it up in the beginning like it that i love that that's what consistency are, is all about yeah we're consistently inconsistent yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we had like i check like i'd randomly check like our web like where our like statistics are tracked and stuff like that. We had like 20 listens over like the time we didn't record anything or something like that. Oh, cool. We got new, uh, new I, people. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. The, what I think what I kind of lose sight of when I'm, when I'm listening to podcasts is like those people, that's like their job for the most part, right? Like people that consistently are making podcasts are trying to, um, you know, be paid for it or put out like a very professional, well-polished thing. Like we're just two fucking dudes. <laughs> that, that's it. Like this is as real as it's going to get. You know what I mean? Right. This isn't a, right. a facade. This isn't a, a, for a job. We're doing this out of the love of movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe someday, Ryan Reynolds, you want to pay us oh, to uh, yeah, Mint Mobile. produce this podcast. Um, Let's see who we got on. Now available, presented by Mint Mobile and Aviation Gen. We got, yeah. And the commercial with Ryan Reynolds in it where he's the devil. The commercial where he's the devil? What's that one? Isn't he? 
isn't he in a, a it's for a dating site where it's 2020 and the devil hook up in a commercial or whatever that's supposed to be ryan reynolds i think it's ryan reynolds playing that person because i remember seeing stuff like that on his uh social i think okay so i saw that commercial yeah and he's got the giant horns that is the same like horn costume from legend that movie with tom mm-hmm. cruise from back in the day where it was tim curry so i just mm-hmm. always All imagined right. that it was tim curry which, which I love, but if it's Ryan Reynolds, I love it even more. I'm pretty sure it's Ryan Reynolds. I'm 95% sure. Damn, I'm going to have to get like a big-ass bottle of aviation gin right here. Yeah, just... <laughs> uh, just a humongous bottle of it. Yeah, and then you'll just, on the, on the side of your face, you'll just have to get the Mint Mobile Fox tattooed on there. Yeah, or I'll just, yeah, I'll put Mint Mobile, presented by Mint Mobile... I'm on the phone with him right now, and then I got my, <laughs> my giant aviation gin uh, thing. Who was our other sponsor? Uh, Jason Manzukis, of course. Mm-hmm. And just Jason Manzukis. And yeah, just him. JasonManzukis.com. <laughs> the only I feel social like platform. Is- I feel like the issue with him having Jacob, or if he has JasonManzukis.com, is nobody's gonna know how to spell Manzukis. Yeah, yeah, it's such a fucking bizarre spelling. He'll just have to have every like variation that somebody can think of and have it <laughs> redirect to the right website. <laughs> oh, I, did I ever? T- I think I did talk about uh, WhiteHouse.com before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the same so. idea. All those, all those old old school phishing sites. Oops. Mm-hmm. That's good. Job. Yeah. So. So the runner. I've got I've got a couple uh, couple notes on the runner. So it was directed by Austin Stark, which it was his feature debut as a director. Um, it was released on August seventh, twenty fifteen. A budget of four million dollars. And guess the box office of this movie? Four million fucking dollars. Um, twenty five bucks. You're close. It's twenty thousand dollars and sixty or twenty thousand sixty one dollars. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, it stars Nicolas Cage and Sarah Paulson. And I thought this movie was based on a true story while I was watching it, but I was looking it up, and apparently it's not. Really? It's based off of, like, different politicians and stuff like that. I didn't see anything. Like, I searched the politician's name that Nicolas Cage plays. I forget the actual name. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was – it just came from the movie. (laughs) The shit. (laughs) So I don't even think it's a real thing. Um, but the movie it's it's uh it takes place in the aftermath of the 2010 BP oil spill. An idealistic but flawed politician is forced to confront his dysfunctional life after his career is destroyed in a sex scandal. And um, my biggest takeaway from the movie is I I feel it's technically competent, but it's just it's not entertaining. Yeah, it, I oh, so I watched that movie like. Um, Maybe four times, <laughs> which fucking sucks, dude. Okay, the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, I, I get it. But then I think when we were going to record it, we had pushed it back a week or something. So I was like, oh, I better watch it again just to like, uh, you know, make sure I got everything that I needed from it. Because I, like, I just didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think I've something happened either i fell asleep during it or we pushed it again but i had watched it several more times 
And each time I was just like, I can't believe I ha- I'm rewatching this. Like, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Uh, the thing, the, the thing I appreciate about it is at least it's like technically competent, and yeah. like, like all the color grading lines up and stuff like that. There's no like obscene shots. The editing's not awful, and different things like that. That I can appreciate. Like that, it's it's well refined enough. To where it's not like Catherine upside down where we're like what's going on (laughs) like like this crazy crazy mess of stuff it's just that it for the most part there it's just kind of this mundane story that's not really like you don't really care about the main character you don't really care what he's doing or what's happening or anything like that you're mainly watching it because it's Nicolas Cage yeah um I I have the picture up of the poster and on the poster, it's Nicolas Cage, and he's got a suit on, and he looks like Nicolas Cage. And it says the runner, right? But behind him is this giant explosion. <laughs> There's an explosion behind him on the poster? Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's like Academy Award winning, uh, winner, Nicolas Cage. And there's this big-ass oil, like, rig and, like on fire. So when you go, <laughs> when if you see this poster, and you go into the movie being like, oh, it's like an action movie. We know Nicolas Cage. He's like fucking crazy and i can't imagine what this is gonna be and you get this mm. slow ass like drama that has nothing to do with <laughs> with explosions or anything <laughs> that's a good one yeah like <laughs> it's just i don't know it's so misleading like okay so the bp oil spill was like I, that was the one thing i did like was like that whole beginning part where he's like, you know, giving that speech about how like, you know, we, we need to come together as people and we need help from yada 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 to clean this shit up. Yeah, the the beginning is really cool because it's like a documentary style thing where it's going through and doing all this stuff. And I think that's really where the movie like sticks its landing is in that beginning part. But then it kind of just evolves from there into this mundane kind of um played out politician story of somebody getting disgraced because of sex scandal, yada yada yada. Like mm. we've been seeing this movie since before Citizen Kane came out. Mm-hmm. So, like, we've seen this general story, and we've seen it told more interestingly than it appears in this film. Yeah, d- devolve is a great is a great word for it, because it, it does start off so strong, and it's like, oh, this is this could actually be really cool. Like, how does this go? How is he going to help these people? And then it turns into, yeah, just some stupid, oh, he's cheating on his wife thing. And it kind of, like... I, even like so i think one of my main issues with it was like her motivation because there's like a there's a scene where they show the video of him kissing that other girl on the elevator mm-hmm. and she's like pissed off at him but then she's like not and she's like how are we gonna fix this how are we going to like save your career sort of thing yeah she's more worried with her career than her personal life and mm-hmm. stuff like that and her relationship with her husband like, she's, like, politically motivated and, like, financially motivated and stuff like that. Uh, it, it, yeah, it was really weird to me. Um, that I thought that was weird in the... Uh, uh, she's, oh, the misuse of Sarah Paulson. I think she's great, but in the movie, she's just so... I don't know, like, what's her whole point, right? She shows up to, like, hang out with him for the weekend, and then she's gone. Yeah, like, I think the... I think, like, she does a really good job in her performance. She's just not given much to work yeah. with. 
they're, they're just like, here you go. You be Sarah Paulson. Yeah. But on, honestly, for a first time director, I think like it's not, it's not as bad as it could be. Yeah. But it's, but like you can obviously see there is potential from, uh, Austin Stark with the way that how the movie starts out and everything like that and where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. It's just the story itself isn't the strongest. But like the film the filmmaking technique and stuff like that is there. It's just not to its full potential, I think. We should have our a separate category for first time directors because it because it is hard to be like, "Oh, they did a shitty job" when like that's their first time, you know what I mean? Like what if his second movie is something incredible or what if right. Catherine upside down two is like Catherine ups, uh, upside, right side up, right side up. That's <laughs> I could not fucking think of it. I was like, I know there's a fucking word for this. Yeah. Right side up. If that one is like, you know, amazing. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely don't like to just, crap all over people and i think you're kind of the same way yeah for the most part anyways for the most part yeah yeah, where it's like did like they're definitely i think there is something that can be appreciated about this film and that it's a first time director that got kind of this budget and stuff like that and decided to tell this story yeah i just think the way it was implemented there were some some little trip-ups and stuff like that but yeah i think definitely this person has has potential to do great things next. It just honestly is practice and practice and practice. That's that's what it comes down to. I wonder how do you get like how do you go to a studio or somewhere and be like I'm asking for four million dollars for this movie, right? Or is it like do they reach out to that person and go, Hey, we saw you made a a five minute short, here's four million dollars and go make your movie yeah i think you can go either way i think i can't remember if he wrote the story or not Mm -hmm. but i saw that like they they wrote the script and then they approached nicholas cage with it and then nicholas cage joined down and then i think that's how it got made for the amount of money it did but uh, honestly there's many many different ways it can happen like i know with like ex machina and stuff like that the way that was made was the the director was like a, a cinematographer for like 15 years or something like that. And he wanted to make his own movie. And so he was able to get the budget and made this small little movie. That's act that's really great. Yeah. So there's different ways you can fall into it. Really. That's pretty dope. I just got to figure out one. I can. <laughs> Same, dude. I know. I, I ha- I'm, I'm kind of like working on a, a secret project, a secret project between you and me. Um, and I kind of like, <laughs> Okay, so I'll tell you what it is. So I'm, uh, so over the kind of like the break, I was kind of like um, looking into like my family's like history because I don't really know too much about like, um, so my mom was adopted. I don't really know too much about like you know where her mother or so and so comes from. So I've been kind of digging into that, and I recently found out that my great uncle. Um, this man named Bruce King, uh, who passed away last year was like this very like prolific, uh, native American artist. And like, he, he made these like giant oil paintings of like these different, like native American scenes and shit. Um, and they're, they're incredible. 
And so I've been kind of getting in touch with my great amp, like about him and stuff. And I want to go to, they're in uh, Santa Fe. So it's like, I'm going to, I'm thinking about making like a documentary of me driving down there. Um, and kind of making like different stops at, you know, various like native American centric places. Um, right. So I, I've been like really trying to figure out how I can make it work. Um, you but, need a camera guy. I'm, I'm always, <laughs> always down. Yeah. I, I would like, so my issue with it is I don't have like a problem, right? Like what's the problem in the story? It's like, it's just going to be me driving from point A to point B. Uh, it would be one thing if like my tire exploded or if I like planned it, like if I planned to run into these problems, how do I make that a, an interesting story versus uh um, like a dash cam footage of, you know, I got 20 minute time lap of me driving. So I'm right. I'm still kind of trying to figure it out, but it could, it could almost be like the historical kind of issues and stuff like that too. It doesn't have to be like a present thing, mm -hmm. but I'm not too, I don't know too much. <laughs> to kind of be like I don't know. Hey Ricky, do this, do this. There you go. Yeah. But uh that's always the way you could approach it too is kind of like from almost like a historical kind of background. That's actually not a bad idea either. But so I'm um, here's what I'm hoping. You know, I I make this thing and it only costs me gas money or whatever, you know, 300 bucks whatever. I sell it to Amazon for you know, $50 million. And then I, you know, that's it. I think that's everybody's kind of goal is to do that sort of thing. <laughs> Not even good lighting. What are you talking about? I'm the only one that has that dream. Nobody else has that dream. Yeah. I want to sell my project to uh, Netflix for $51 million. <laughs> Completely different ideas. <laughs> one more million dollars than what I sell mine for. That's fucked up. Yeah. So well, so, you know the movie Palm Springs that came to Hulu? Yeah. Great movie. This is the most expensive project bought at, um, for from uh, Sundance, like a project at Sundance. Uh -huh. And they pay and like Hulu pay like they got the record by paying like one more dollar or something crazy like that. Oh, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was uh twenty two million, uh twenty two million one dollar or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, I think it was like maybe ten million or something, like ten million six hundred and one dollars, something, something weird like that. That's funny uh, and awesome. All right, do you want to rank the runner right now or finish the other one, the other two? I think we rank the runner now and then go through it. Um, okay. I just have one more comment I want to make, and that's on uh, Nick's Cage, Nicholas Cage's performance, because with his accent, he goes for me. He goes between Nicolas Cage, JFK, and uh, Louisiana accent throughout the whole film. <laughs> he just shifts between the three of those. I do remember that. In the beginning, it's very heavy. And then it's like, by the time you get to that scene where it's him kissing the girl, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the next scene that you get. Yeah, that's the that's one of the drawbacks <laughs> is, is that you lose that kind of through line with him being being through those three different things mm 
He's like, I'll, I'll be a politician. I'll sound like JFK, but I'm also from Louisiana, so I'll sound like that. But I'm also Nicolas Cage, so that's going to come in there somewhere. <laughs> if, if he could, the director's if like, he, uh, if you're Nicolas Cage, do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. If Everyone knows who Nick Cage is, and they know his antics, and they know how he is. So what if instead of casting him as Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, it's Nick Cage Ghost Rider, right? He just plays himself in everything <laughs> that he does. It's just Nicolas Cage who gets turned into Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a story of Ghost Rider, except for instead of it being the fictional character, it's Nick Cage gets turned into Ghost Rider. <laughs> Nick Cage is a uh, Louisiana attorney or whatever the fuck he is. Yeah. I, yeah. When he stars in my Di- movie, that's what he's going to be. Yeah, we've got uh, Disney Plus side. Uh, you can write that check out to Ricky and Adam. Uh, <laughs> it's now available. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Write that check right now. All right, yeah. So let's put. Now you got something to make after uh, Wandavision. Ooh. Or not Wanda? Is it Wandavision? Wandavision comes out like next week. Next Less Friday. than a what? Yeah, next Friday. It's oh. right around the corner. I can't wait, dude. First, uh, first MCU thing in over a year. I can't wait. It's crazy to think about. All right, let's let's put this bad boy on the list. What are we looking at? Okay, so let me get this pulled up. I figure what we can do is we'll put the runner into the 2020 now available list, and that will that will complete the 2020 list of films, and then we get to start up with the new new year with the next two films after that. Oh, good idea. So, as it stands right now. For now available, the year 2020, which this will be the last film we rake on it, so we'll have 10 films for this year. We start at number one with Clue, number two, Haunted Mansion, number three, Labyrinth, number four, Scoob, number five, Prince of Persia, number six, Taxi Taxi Driver, number seven, White Mile, number eight, Conan the Barbarian, and number nine, Catherine Upside Down. Now, Ricky, where would you like to put, put the runner on this list? I believe that Nick Cage as the runner, the titular runner, should... Oh, that was the other thing. So he runs in the movie, right? He runs... He jogs like two times. Is yeah, that... where does... Where's I don't the... even know where the name the runner comes from. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, whatever. He is a titular runner. I would put him between Conan and Catherine. That's exactly what I was thinking. I wasn't sure if we should put it high or not, but I think, I think if the whole movie was like the beginning, it'd be a lot higher. Yeah. But I think with the way the final project is, I think yeah, right at number nine would be where, where she go. Yeah, I think that's the good one because like, Catherine is just like, not not my movie, not for me. Conan is up there. I think that's a good middle because mm-hmm. there are parts that I like and there's parts that I absolutely do not like. Yeah. So the runner is at number nine. And also, I forgot to make the graphic for this, but where does this uh, where does this movie rank on the Netflix list? Because at number one currently, we have Taxi Driver, and that's it. <laughs> we went we went ten weeks and we watched one Netflix movie. Well, yeah, I think it's because half of the shows we did were the the weird random. Uh, 
Halloween uh, hijinks. Uh, oh, thing. Halloween hijinks. Yeah, who could forget? Um, <laughs> so I'd put it number two. Yeah. Put it number one. So Tacker, the runner at number two under Taxi Driver. Now we have, once I can pull it up, I don't think I opened my graphic up earlier. Um, so I have to reopen up my graphic. Uh, <laughs> I'm knocking everything everywhere. All right. So now we've got the all-time now available list of it's basically the same thing that we just did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do we want to put uh, the runner at the same spot we've got it here? Yeah, yeah, we can keep it at number nine. Number nine, the runner. Cool. Uh, let's see. Just got to put it on the master list. We're good to go. It has been solidified that that is our next movie. So, now, do you want to spin first, or do we want to go into our other movies first? I feel like we should spin first and give spoiler alerts about the other thing. Yeah, we, yeah, we can do that, because who knows if someone hasn't seen... Yeah, we should do that. Okay, so for for those of you who it's your first time here, us at Now Available, except for the next two movies, we spin a wheel, we determine what movie we're watching next, we figure New Year, we'll start back up at Netflix and go through our rotation, um, and we're going to spin before we do talk about Wonder Woman 1984, and before we talk about Tenet, we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984 first, so if you have an HBO Max subscription, go watch that, and come back and listen to us. If not, then... Uh, go to theater. Saw it where I saw it. Uh, and then after that, we're going to talk about Tenet, um, which has been out longer, but probably now many people have seen it because they have to actually pay for it. So that being said, we're going to go to our lucky, lucky wheel and see what uh, what movie we're watching for next week. Now let's go to Netflix roulette. We'll go live with it. Okay, Ricky. Do it live. Do it live. Are we doing three? Three spins, and then we'll pick which one. If unless we if we get two shitty ones, yeah. All right. Basic Instinct. Wow, I I just watched this again. Actually, that's awesome. So we might do that one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Pretty little stalker. Pretty little stalker. A self help writer and her family become the target of a troubled girl. Ooh. Okay. Okay. And the Polar Express. Polar Express. Now, Ricky, what do you think? We got Basic Instinct, we got Pretty Little Stalker, and we got the Polar Express. Hmm. I. No. My two are between, obviously, the first two. I did just watch Basic Instinct probably a week ago. Uh, I caught it when it was on TV. Hmm. Hmm. I'm feeling. I feel like we should go with basic instinct. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why don't we start off with one, one that we know is tried and true, and it's good. I've actually never seen Basic Instinct. Oh, really? It's nope. it's cool. It's um, it's very sexually charged, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's it's like it's a it's a good movie. Yeah, I'm good with yeah, basic so, instinct. Yeah. So next next week. We're starting the new year after this episode with uh, Basic Instinct on Netflix. So 
Those of you who didn't cancel your Netflix subscription because they took the office off, feel free to watch along with us and then listen next week. Um, but we are, like I said, going to talk about Wonder Woman 1984 and Tenet, full spoiler reviews. So if you, um, if you haven't seen those, come back later and listen to them. Or if you don't care to see either of them, you can listen now. So anyways, uh, first we're going to get into Wonder Woman 1984 because that is on HBO Max and that can fall onto our HBO Max uh, ranking list. And I got to flip my notes over. Show notes. So Wonder Woman 1984, directed by Patty Jenkins, released on December 25th, 2020, both in theaters and on HBO Max. There was a budget of $200 million. And when I looked up the box office, it had a box office of $118.2 million. Not sure how that's broken down, but that was what uh, whatever website I looked up told me. Uh, It stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Pedro Pascal, and Kristen Wiig. So, Ricky, what did you think about about the movie Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel to... Was it 2017's Wonder Woman? I think it, I think it was 2017. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I I know that there uh, a lot of discourse on how it was. Um, you know, it wasn't as good as the first one, which I agree with. Um, it was kind of long and like, I think it was a little longer than it should have been. Totally agree with that. There was a lot. Well, of, I th- oh, sorry. Yeah. There was like a lot of. Um, uh, people weren't they weren't like uh, okay with how like Egyptians were like portrayed as like, Oh, this is a, we just need a Brown bad guy in the movie. But he's not even the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I thought, so when I first watched it, I was like, okay, I, I, the beginning part, I get it like whatever. But then immediately when she's in the mall and she's fighting those like bank robber guys, uh, I I took it as this is a campy, like homage to the show, right? Like I thought that that's what it was trying to be, and that it wasn't going to be like you know dark and serious or, you know, like the other DCEU movies, um, and so that kind until of until it like, does get dark and serious, yeah. So <laughs> that kind of like I went in with that with that mindset that this is supposed to be like the show and it's supposed to be, you know, campy or whatever. Um, but overall as a whole thing, I, I enjoyed it. I thought Kristen Wiig was like incredible up until the cats part. I thought she was awesome. I, I, I even think that that part looked cool. Yeah, it, honestly, it looked cool, but it, it was such a, like <laughs> it's such a pivot. I don't yeah, know. I, it doesn't make sense because she wouldn't have gotten a second wish, and I don't know how she would have gotten turned into a cat without a second wish, but, yeah. It, it also seems so specific, too. If I were to say I want to be an apex predator, wouldn't that mean I want to be the apex predator of my species? <laughs> not not ch- changed into a cat? Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think it would have been really cool had she come out with, you know, she's wearing that same... Uh, the same outfit that she had on, or like if she had like a leopard or a cheetah print jacket or something, and she just well, she came had out that like look. super buff, right? Like or like really yeah. tall and really buff, like that would be cool. I'm also yeah. limits, I guess, but they turned her into a cat, so yeah, nothing's off limits. <laughs> yeah, 
you said apex predator of uh her species and all i started thinking about is i don't know if you're a wrestling person but all i thought about was her turning into randy orton because that's one of his <laughs> nicknames the apex predator yeah so or just all the tattoos and everything like that just given RKO's everywhere. Yeah, that, that's why she could have been just like a really buff version of herself. Like a super strong, but she looks, you know, like super mean and super buff. Um, That would have been cool too, but whatever. Um, I think that the, the costume design, like that thing, like the whole costuming, that was probably my favorite part. They put, mm-hmm. they could put Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot in whatever. They could put her in a fucking garbage can and somehow she's going to make it look incredible. Uh, so the Sesame I, Street live action movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, she, I, she looks great in anything. And it's, I don't know, that's a, a fucking talent, I think. Like, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The costuming's awesome in this movie. Uh, what else did I look? Oh, Pedro Pascal. I thought he was awesome, too. He uh, was incredible oh. as Maxwell Lord. That was probably my favorite part of the movie is him. Just chewing the scenery. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, He's... fucking nuts. Like uh, the like the energy and like just his his motivation and like I don't know. He he doesn't feel like a traditional bad guy, and like you kind of want him. You're kind of okay with the shit that he's doing, right? Like he has like a failed business. Well, at least I did. He has like a failed business, and you know he's kind of let other people down, but he's gonna use that to kind of right his wrongs but also give that person what they want because they're wishing for you know whatever it is it will some people at least because there's some other people where he kind of like tricks them yeah i think his whole story is really incredible and i think it's interesting that they chose to kind of go with a villain that's not like a a punch like villain where you beat him up to win and different things like that where you have to appeal to their humanity Mm -hmm. which you don't get too often in superhero movies because usually with Marvel stuff, it's beat them up, try to fight them, defeat them, and that sort of thing. And DC, DC, even to an extent, the rest of DC is kind of like that. Even the first Wonder Woman movies like that, where they have to fight Ares, I think it is. Because mm-hmm. I think, I think honestly, Pedro Pascal is probably the the best DCEU villain in my opinion. I really like Black Manta and Ocean Master and Aquaman, but. I think Pedro Pascal, just with the way he is and how different he is, I think it's a um, a nice change of speed, even though we still get Cheetah. And for whatever reason, it seems when superhero movies give you two villains, that then that they, the more villains a superhero movie has, the less of the quality, mm. generally speaking. What do you think about it? Because I remember thinking that as a kid, is like there are movies with two villains and it kind of gets more muddled. But I, yeah, I think Pedro Pascal is awesome in this movie. I think I agree with what you said. The movies, like the costuming and the time period is pretty cool. But it is campy and it, is, it does almost feel kind of, the way I thought of it is almost as a costume party rather than like a direct period piece. Oh, okay. With how, because some of the costumes seem a little over the top, which I know is what the 80s looked like. Mm-hmm. But I think the one dude with the collar flicked up was just kind of like because he had like two polo shirts on with both collars flipped up and everything like that and i feel like you wouldn't wear that working at the smithsonian yeah that, that so was, it did seem that was the thing that came back when i was in high school it was like kids would wear multiple polo shirts with the collars popped like i'm talking like two or three of them 
like so you would have like an array of colors going on so but but yeah but this is in high school yeah i don't think you would see that in the smithsonian yeah it makes more sense for you see people like like that character i feel like is just in there to kind of be like we're in the 80s remember we're in the 80s where everything else seems like it could be in the modern time in that particular spot um in most of the other movie, except like costuming, really, um, I, I think I, I'm definitely higher on the movie than most people are. I think too, mm-hmm. um, and I think, uh, like you said, a lot of the stuff is really cool in this movie. Um, my biggest thing that I kind of noticed, though, like I do agree with you, Kristen Wiig's really good and stuff like that. Yeah, but her story's yeah. kind of played out a little bit at this point with like the the nerd becoming all powerful and it going to their head and stuff like that like i saw the comparison to aldridge killian and iron man 3 and i'm like yeah yeah if, yeah. if i take my glasses off am i no longer an, a nerd can i be like you know what i mean does this does <clears throat> this make me sexy and cool now yeah like it's such a weird i don't know it it's a weird dichotomy and it definitely i feel like that's that kind of helps it feel more eighties almost in a weird way because that is like yeah, is that the something 80s that mindset? would come from an eighties movie. Oh, okay, yeah. Um uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I overall like the movie. I think there's definitely critiques to it for sure. Yeah. Uh I which I, overall it's it's fun movie. Like it's still a it's still a superhero movie. I, I do like the idea though. I, I agree with you about um Pedro Pascal being not the yeah the monster beat him up bad guy like it's not Abomination or Doomsday or Steppenwolf or you know what I mean like uh, Dark Side which I'm I think we're getting in the Snyder Cut version right so oh yeah we have that to look forward to this year too <laughs> so yeah so he's not like yeah he's not your CGI monster guy that you have to you know you need fifteen super strong dudes to kill him you have to yeah like kind of play on his humanity like or fuck with his head a little bit i yeah, I totally agree with that and i think that i think like and for superhero movies generally being action movies i think the way that wonder woman defeats uh uh max lord in this movie i think is really great and i think it is like shown great on film where she's talking to him and stuff like that and like i think the lasso of truth helps with that word showing him the truth of what he's done and showing him his son and stuff like that, and how badly he's messed up. And I think that helped. I think it's definitely cool to see something more so like this. I'd say the closest person we have to a villain like this in the MCU is um, Baron Zemo in Civil War. Kind of like the manipulator and stuff like that. Yeah, Pedro Pascal, I think, is the biggest breakout thing from this movie. Especially comparing it to The Mandalorian, where we've seen him his face three times in it. Yeah. And the rest of the time, it's probably not even him in the armor. <laughs> it's somebody it's probably just some, some stunt guy. But yeah, I think, I think this movie is, is really, really good in a nice breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, my big, so my, other than like cheetah being kind of normal and stuff like that, or like being played out a little bit. My other thing that's kind of weird is, the 
like with campiness in this movie is the stone seems very campy. Like it's out of the 66 Batman series almost with, cause the way they show it with the wind flowing and like oh, yeah. the light coming behind them and the way it's done and magic is made to seem almost silly in this world. Like to start off with until Pedro Pascal starts using it. Mm-hmm. It seems that that bothered me a little bit. I'm like, okay, so this is going, but like, I think once you get past like the first two times it's used, then it gets gets better because they're like, you know, magic's happening. We don't have to show you it anymore. Yeah, it seems to oversimplify the way they show it the first couple times. The, yeah, the use of magic is such a funny thing, but it's also something that like I I feel like when you, everyone believes in magic at some point in time, right? That's almost easier to believe than. Um, a serum that makes somebody super strong or, you know, the things like that, that are in the, um, in the Marvel universe, but they don't really set it up in DC that like magic is like a, like a big thing. Like that's like a real thing that people will all believe in. Right. I think, yeah, I think there definitely should have been some more background to it. Um, in this film, Mm. but we got what we got. And I think for for the very little they did with it, as cheesy as some of it was, I think they actually, like, for the amount of work they put into actually explaining it, I think they did a decent job with the execution. It's just the first couple of times it seemed, it did seem super cheesy to me. <laughs> Where they're like, whoa! Yeah, the, the light and then the hair blowing back is so funny. But it's not it even, seemed like it's an like, SNL sketch. Yeah, yeah, it's very, like, it's very fast, too. It's not, like, a very gentle, like, like a breeze. It's like someone blasts subtle. him. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't have any subtlety to it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to see what else I wrote down in my notes. We didn't. We haven't talked about Steve Trevor at all. I w- I'm wondering what you think of uh, oh. Steve Trevor. So, when I was watching it, I didn't realize that other people saw him as a different guy. Yeah, I didn't pick that up either. Yeah. Um so in the beginning I was kind of confused like I thought that when she sees him at that party and it's like spinning like the thing like the camera's like spinning around him and it's that first it's that one guy and then it turns into Chris Pine. I thought that it was like that guy had changed into Chris Pine and now everyone sees him as, uh, right. Right. And so the rest of the time, you know, that's happening until the end when she, so if you see that guy, right, she sees him at the party for what, maybe two seconds. Does she see him as Chris Pine or does she always see him as that other guy? Because at the Consider- end, she knows who he looks like. She knows that guy by what he looks like. I think that she see. Honestly, I think that it's tough to say because it's a weird, weird sort of thing where they don't really explain it. They're just like, yeah, this guy turned into Chris Pine and now Steve Trevor's here. Yeah. And we get all, into all these shenanigans and then you have to renounce your wish and Steve Trevor's gone and that sort of thing. I think it'd be, I think it'd almost be cooler if the way they explained it was like, like 
the magic took over like Martian Manhunter or something like that. And he is he morphed into Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. So like that you actually get this um Steve Trevor coming back and everybody knows it's Steve Trevor. Yeah. Except it's not really Steve Trevor, but it is. Which this movie I think didn't do the greatest job explaining it, but I I like that he's back. I think they could have done it in a cleaner way. But I like the way that they go like all the plain stuff they do with him and Wonder Woman flying and that sort of thing is cool. Yeah. And the way she learns it and stuff like that, the way he's inspired her and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't read too much into... I know a lot of people were kind of like, oh, this is such a dumb way of doing this. Or like, how would he know how to fly that plane or whatever? Cause he's been dead or shit like that. I didn't... Like, when I'm watching a movie, and I... Especially with this one, because I knew it was like... I, in my head, it's like oh, this is supposed to be campy and, like, you know, the suspension of disbelief, all that. Like, I just go with it and I accept everything for what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I thought that shit was fine, too. Like, I didn't... I thought it was cool. I thought the, the plane yeah. being invisible was, like... I forgot that that was something that Wonder Woman, like, had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I totally forgot that that was, like, part mm-hmm. of her whole thing. So I thought that was cool. And then like, them flying through like the fireworks. Um, like that's just a cool visual. I thought that was cool. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I didn't really mind it. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in the same sort of thing. And now talking about the movie, I, I believe that it's probably supposed to be viewed like an eighties movie. And that's kind of how it was planned to be made is to be like an eighties movie where it has like, the the ugly girl becoming beautiful, the Freaky Friday sort of thing, or like the where they switch bodies, yeah, with Steve Trevor and that sort of thing. And I feel like now looking back on it, it's supposed to hark back to those types of films and pay homage to them. Um, which I think, I think viewing it through that lens definitely makes the movie better. But a lot of people are viewing it as comparing it to Marvel or the previous Wonder Woman movie or the DCEU movie mm-hmm. stuff like that, which I think is probably an unfair comparison to make, especially with trying to make a movie they would, the way they did. So I think even talking about this movie makes me think better of it. I don't know next time I go back and watch it, it will be the same way. But I think definitely talking about it, I feel higher on it now than I did before. Yeah, exactly. Did yeah. you did you watch it on HBO or did you watch it in a theater? I went to the theater and saw it. What theater was open? Geneseo. Oh, no shit. They're still open. They're still showing movies. It's only on the weekends and stuff like that. But yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even. I was so excited for it to come to HBO too because it was the first uh, 4K um, Dolby Atmos, whatever movie on Ooh. on uh, HBO. And so uh, I got a new TV. I got an OLED. That, Ooh. That, so I I fucking I was like, okay, I'm buying a new TV, right? I had. Uh, a Vizio 4K TV that I had bought right when 4K was coming out. So at the time, it was like a thousand bucks. And since then, like this is before HDR, and uh, there was another thing it didn't have. But whatever. So like literally the, the following year, my TV was already outdated because HDR had become like a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever i'm sitting on it sitting on it sitting on it and i wanted to get the samsung one or the lg uh oled tv but it's like 
1600 bucks. It's like, expensive. Yeah, I was like, I can't swing or justify that much money on TV. So I got a Vizio OLED um, from Best Buy around, I think it was like around Black Friday. It was on sale for like 900 bucks or something. Yeah, those ones just came out too, this, the Sony Vizio, uh, or Sony Vizios. Vizio OLEDs just came out, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, so, so I grabbed it, um, whatever. It's great. Like, watching stuff in HDR, like 4K with a Dolby Vision. So, like, Dolby Vision is fucking sick. I had no idea, like, how clean and, like, real and, like, lifelike shit looks, uh, I, until you watch on like an OLED, it just totally changes the experience. It does change everything. I don't have an OLED yet, but like I for sure want one. Dude, it was a great investment for me. Like I'm I'm planning to get at least another seven years out of this one. Uh, yeah, until uh, 8K becomes affordable. Yeah, and, yeah, and by then, fucking 30, 32K will be the next thing or. You know, a TV, like a TV that you can fold like origami a hundred times. Oh my god! Put, like a little crane, and you know what I mean. Do you have? I meant to ask you this. Do you have both the new consoles? Uh, I have a Xbox. I think I couldn't get the PlayStation. Gotcha. I dude. I yeah, tried, I don't have any. I tried so hard to get that stupid PlayStation when they announced it, and you remember like originally how it was like kind of uh fumbled where they were like oh you'll know ahead of time when we're gonna put the pre-orders out and it like that pre-orders came out that night Mm -hmm. i had a playstation 5 in my cart on target and i went to go cash out and it was gone and so i went back went to cash out again it's gone and so I, i was like stuck in this loop where i would have it in my cart but i couldn't cash it out so i never ended up getting it same thing happened when the xbox the day that came out back and forth back and forth back and forth and i finally got it and i was like i'm not even gonna like get excited because i don't know if this thing's gonna get canceled or if i'm ever gonna see it um but then it came i got it uh i was playing cyberpunk for a little bit but other than that just it's whatever yeah i feel like this generation there isn't too much of a jump no. The biggest thing is load times is going to be the biggest difference. There isn't going to be graphic. It does look cool playing stuff in HDR, which I I never got to experience before. So like playing like yeah. like Tetris Effect on my TV now, it's just like the whites are so fucking bright compared to everything mm-hmm. else. It's like just pitch black. Like it hurts your eyes almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still on the. I still have the the X Bone. VCR Expo. Oh, hell yeah. That I'm playing. Yeah, that I'm playing stuff on. VCR. But I don't have too much time to play much anything. Yeah, I've been playing Warcraft anyway, so that's... <laughs> you gotta hook that up to your TV and get playing. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. Holy shit. Um, I said, do you want to rank Wonder Woman? Or yeah. Or do you want to go into Tenet and then do both? Uh, yeah, let's just do, let's do it now. Yeah, so Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman gets 2021's number one movie. Without a doubt. Uh, because we don't have anything else. <laughs> one movie list. Uh, 
How was it when when you went to the theater? Was there a lot of people there? Or was it like you and there was three other people? There was six, no, five people total, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. So and it's like social distancing and everything, but mm-hmm. yeah. Tight, 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 tight. Yeah. So number one on twenty twenty one, and then we have for our all time ranking list. We have. Uh, but before we do that, I just remember we have HBO Max movies to rank. Oh, so we have at number two for HBO Max, we have White Mile, and at number one for HBO Max, we have uh, Scoob. So, where do you want to rank this on HBO Max? Oh, it's tough. I would put it up, oh, damn it. I can make a, I can make an argument for both, like above or below Scoob. I I think I'd put it above. Uh, I I think I'd put it above Scoob as well. Okay. As so much as Wonder I love Woman, Scoob, like, yeah, it's got to go above. Yeah. So n- now the ranking stands: number three, White Mile; number two, Scoob; and number one, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty-four. Now, where do we want to put Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four on our all-time ranking list? So, at number 10, we have Catherine Upside Down. Number 9, The Runner. Number 8, Conan the Barbarian. Number 7, White Mile. Number 6, Taxi Driver. Number 5, Prince of Persia. Number 4, Scoop. <laughs> 3, Labyrinth. 2, Haunted Mansion. And 1 is Clue. Ooh, this one's tough. What do you think? I think it goes number 4. So, it would go... Go below Labyrinth, but above Scoob. I was kind of also thinking that. Yeah, because I don't know if I liked it more than Labyrinth. But also, my, do I like movies? If I if I watch them more, do I like them? I I you know, that's like my problem. Like, how do I? Because I've also seen Labyrinth how many times, right? Throughout my life. How many times have I seen Wonder Woman? But also, would I watch Wonder Woman in the same amount of times that I've watched Labyrinth? <laughs> yeah, okay, so I'll, yeah, I put it below Labyrinth. Okay, so that leaves. Uh, once I get typed in, that makes it number 11, Catherine Upside Down, number 10, The Runner, number 9, Conan the Barbarian, number. Eight White Mile, number seven Taxi Driver, number six Prince of Persia, number five Scoob, number four Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, number three Labyrinth, number two Haunted Mansion, and number one Clue. Now we're moving from Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four to Tenet. So if you haven't seen Tenet, this is going to be a spoiler filled review. So go rent Tenet, please rent Tenet. Uh, come back, watch it, or uh, and watch us uh, talk about Tenet. Um, join the discussion. If anybody wants to post or post questions or anything to us on Instagram or Twitter, we'll take audience participation. But if nobody wants to do that, that's fine too. We just like hearing ourselves talk. Now, at the end of the day, uh, yeah. <laughs> now it is time for Tenant. This film was directed by Christopher Nolan. It was released on August twelfth, twenty twenty. It had a budget of. $205 million. Ricky, can you guess the box office? Wait, what was the... Um, what was the budget? 200 The 
$205 million. I'm going to say box office was $10 million. Nope. More or less? More. More than 10? 25. More. Really? It was $362.6 million. How? That's a worldwide box office, so I assume China. Oh. The fucking theaters are closed. How are people going to the movie? So that's... It made more than it... uh, than it spent to make, which is a good thing. Yeah. They probably still lost money on marketing and stuff like that, if I had to guess. But it's good that they, they made money. Um, so, Ricky, what did you think of Tenet? All right. So, I last year, I got to go to the movie theater four times. Okay. Two times in January, I saw... Uh, 1917, which was dope. I saw um, Weathering With You. I think that was also... Yeah, Weathering With You, which is an anime movie, which just got added to HBO Max. Um, Really cool. And I got to see uh, Birds of Prey. And then... I still have never seen that movie. Oh, it's so good. Um, And then Tenet. So... We we went uh, we risked life and limb to go see Tenet, uh, and the first time I watched it, I thought it was awesome. And I was like, "This is fucking crazy!" And this is exactly what I wanted it to be. I wanted like, you know, the Nolan uh, spectacle, like heavy um, visual, like CGI effects, and mm-hmm. just to be like, you know, like blown away by whatever was happening. The second time I saw, so I got it on DVD when it came out. Uh, I was like, oh, this is gonna look so cool on my TV. I can't wait to watch this. Yada, yada. Um, but I was more, I was like, more focused on the, the story, I guess. And I felt like I was more focused on like trying to find like plot holes or things that were just like weird that didn't make sense to me. Uh, which isn't normally how I watch movies like. Like I've said, or I don't, I don't know if people understand how I just, I just like put it on to be mindless and like just to enjoy. Mm-hmm. It. Um, but I still think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's uh, it's like a cool like spy ish movie. Like it has uh, um, the protagonist. Like that's kind of like a douchey fucking name, but it's fine. Like it's cool. Um, I forgot. Um. When we started the podcast, I'd come up with a nickname for you before it, and I forgot it till like after I'd already said it. Boy Wonder. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was gonna call Ricky the tertiary character. <laughs> tertiary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's a. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Like I, it's the story is kind of like confusing, and some of the things that that happened are kind of hard to like wrap your head around um but i think the idea of like um of a palindrome but as a movie is kind of cool like Mm -hmm. i think it's a cool concept but and also every time that i went to tell somebody about the movie i would say oh what's that word that means something is spelled the same way forward as backwards 
and every fucking time I would say the wrong word. I wouldn't say palindrome. I'd say um, ah fuck. So what's, what's the, the other? The dome from uh <laughs> from TMT. <laughs> yeah. No. What's the other? What's the word I'm thinking of? I would say the wrong word every fucking time, and then it'd be like, wait, that doesn't sound right. But I would just go with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, it's cool. What, what did mm-hmm. you think of it? Did you didn't you saw it in theaters too, right? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I saw it a couple weeks after you did, I think. Um, which I I love this movie. I think it's it's in my top three Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how they'd rank out um, once I actually ranked them out, but the the top three is comprised of Interstellar, Tenet, and The Dark Knight, um, which I think are his three best films for sure. Um, I love this this concept of the sci-fi and stuff like that. I think it's phenomenal and i think it's i think it's the most solid time travel movie that we've seen i think it's like the way it explores time travel is done in the way that my mind would think time travel is done so that's why i like all in for it i love the way they explain it with the bullet at the beginning and stuff like that and the way you dropped it after i left the theater like i was almost like a kid leaving the theater where i was like i feel like i could do that sort of thing and different things like that where it's like where you want to be in that world. And I think the movie as a whole is just, I think it's great. And I think a lot of people are critiquing it because they're like, Oh, I want it to be as good as inception, which I actually hot take here, Ricky, right? It's a hot take. Okay. I think inception's overrated. Okay. I think, I think people, I think people make that movie way more complicated than it needs to be. I think, um, like viewing it as a movie, you can tell like the you can definitely tell it's a movie and stuff like that in the way that it explores everything. And I I think it's a cool movie. Don't get me wrong, but I think people describe it as the best thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, eh, it's it's a movie. <laughs> it's because the ending is so kind of like it leaves you like, oh, what 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 could it possibly be? So because the ending is like that, you can apply that to anything that happens in the movie. Right. Right. Which yeah. I think is definitely Christopher Nolan definitely plays off of that like, ooh, what really happened? What's the case? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and that sort of thing. Which I can I can appreciate as a film person and stuff like that. And like there's definitely movies where I'm like, what really happened? What's the case? Yeah, like afterwards and stuff like that. But I think I think um yeah, with Inception I'm not as high on it as a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, don't get me wrong; it is a good movie and stuff like that. But I think it's a, I think it's overrated. People think it's just the greatest thing in the world. But I'd say go back and watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's a hot take. Well, actually, no, it's that's not. Pro- it's a, it's that's a good take. I think. I don't think you're far off. I think do, people do really. They put a lot of. Uh, emphasis into that because of that ending because it, it is so open well not open-ended but like kind of left to interpretation why can't that be applied mm-hmm. to everything that happens in the movie and that's exactly what happens is people do apply that to everything in the movie and then all of a sudden it's yeah better than oh this meant this and then the other person's gonna be like no it didn't it meant this and then yeah yeah it's just the discourse around the movie that helps build it up because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people consider it one of Nolan's best films, which I think he's made better films than that. 
because I've seen because I I haven't seen the Batman Begins in a long time, but I'd say probably my top four, or at least like to start with, would be like I said, Interstellar, Dark Knight, Tenet, and then go to Memento, and then uh, I'm trying to think of probably probably Batman Begins next, but like I said, I haven't seen it in a while, mm-hmm. and go down from there. I've also haven't seen the Prestige, so I can't really rank that in there. Uh, that that is one of my favorite movies ever. It's so fucking good. Especially yeah, a lot of people if, if seem you, to really like that. If you can watch it with someone, if you even if you know what happens in the movie and you watch it with somebody else, and you can see their reaction to it, like that is that's something something else. It's so cool to like. I, I you know you know about it like you you know what happens. Yeah. Uh, I had that movie like as a DVD. Um, like someone, it just, it was like given to me. Like someone was like, oh, take this or whatever. Um, had no idea what the hell it was about. And I just like popped it on or whatever. Uh, and I would watch it all the time. And then people that I like, you know, like if I was dating somebody, I'd be like, oh, I'd bring it up. And if they had never seen it, it would be like, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this again and to see how you react to it. Cause it is so fucking cool. And it's such a good movie that that might be my favorite one. I, I, that one and Interstellar, I also like. Interstellar is also just fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't wait to get like a gigantic TV and watch Interstellar. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, like, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to find Interstellar in 4K, um, like the physical. Oh, because uh, oh, fit- yeah, because I can you can rent it, it or buy it uh, digitally, but go- I would rather have it. Go to Walmart. I got Interstellar on 4K for like 15 Really? Yeah. Walmart Walmart has like a weird assortment of like cheap 4K Blu-rays that you can get between 10, 15, and 20 bucks. I think it was 15 bucks. It might have been 20. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's how that's how I have it on 4K. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, I gotta do that. Cause that was another one when I got my new TV, I was like, oh man, this is looks so cool with like the HDR and my whole thing with the with the OLED is like the black pixels are turned off. So there's no, like, right. you know, that light that kind of comes out. There's no backlight or whatever. So mm-hmm. like, oh, this would look really cool. With, like space movies or movies that are like really heavy on CGI. I think it would look really cool. So that was one. I've yeah. Been, that's one I've been looking for. Yeah. Like I said, I got mine at Walmart for like 15, 20 bucks. I, you probably can go to Walmart today and find it there. I'm guessing. But I could I could be wrong, because I bought it back in September or so. So maybe they aren't carrying it anymore. But <laughs> they they jacked the price really cool. up to twenty five. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um. So let's get back to we got off an attachment. Let's get back to Tenet because there's so much to talk about with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So do you want to? Where do we want to start with Tenet? Do you want to uh, start at the beginning of the movie with the opera scene? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So cool. Yes. Um. So when I went and saw Birds of Prey, they showed that scene, like in its entire. Oh. Yeah. Like in the in like a preview. Um. And when I, when I watched that, I was like, "Oh, this looks fucking sick!" Like, what the hell is this even about? Like, and that was kind of like that's kind of like the hype cycle for the Nolan movies is always, what the fuck is happening? Like, what what does this mm-hmm. all mean? How could this, you know, what I mean. Um, 
So that, that was already like I was already really excited for it to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that just really solidified it. Uh, I think that opening scene is, I don't know, it's it's so Nolan. I feel like with the sound and like the scope of it all, it just has, mm-hmm. it has a very unique feel to it. Yeah, it's the same. It's almost the same way. Like that, or uh, the Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises uh, begins with like this this poignant action sequence where like the bank's being broken into and stuff like that, and it's setting up this this situation. And I think it's does an excellent job doing it. It's so cool to see this this espionage thing from Nolan because we haven't really gotten too much of that. Granted, we got the dream espionage, but mm-hmm. this is like real world actual people and stuff like that rather than some sort of sci-fi mixture which it does get into don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah it definitely gets in it gets into it heavy yeah but it's it's cool because they're trying to get this piece of tech and this one guy out of the opera house because they're going in with the SWAT, not seem like a SWAT team mm-hmm. and then they leave and everything goes awry and he gets killed but not killed and then brought back to life and is given the code word of tenant Which I, which I think definitely the way the movie plays out, Tenet is a cool, cool word to have be your palindrome, mm-hmm. and the way it plays out and stuff like that. Um, and I, I, I know I said this when we first started talking about Tenet, but I love the the whole bullet explaining scene and stuff like that, and the way it's explained as you're catching the bullet and everything's going backwards and you're reverse dropping it, so you're not like basically using the force, you're you drop. You're dropping it like um, the entropy's reverse. So instead of literally dropping the bullet, you're picking it up by dropping. Yeah, which is just such a cool yeah. concept to me. And I think, I think as time travel, that is is because it's basically a time travel movie. And I think that um, helps ground it reality as much as time travel is like, <laughs> yeah, can be. Um, the way that explains it is just I I love that. Yeah, what did you think? It, it, Instead of you know we're we gotta push the car to eighty eight to go back, like, what if what if the object itself was going back, or like you know like it's it's a very, it's hard to wrap your head around, but yeah I I agree that scene is really fucking cool, um, Mm -hmm. and just like just the way that it looks like that was my whole thing was how does originally watching and I'm sitting there with my mouth wide open in the theater just being like what the fuck. Like, yeah, you're not, you're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. It's like, this is such a bizarre thing to kind of like think about. Yeah. Which they have that, that scene, like that, like line in the trailer and stuff like that. But I think it's even cooler when he's like dropping the bullet and stuff like that and picking it back up. And when they show it in the camera and they reverse it. Yeah. Stuff like that. The way that's explained Uh is I think is just, just so well done. Yeah. And how they're like spinning it on the table, and how it's like she's like pushing it, but it's like going the opposite direction. Like that's so it's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. So yeah. How how do you think that plays out? Uh, jumping toward the end of the movie with the big, like battle scene. I I thought that scene was awesome, and the, how there's the two sides of the scene, and they have the different shipments of soldiers coming in and stuff like that, and explaining to them. And I think I think that scene looks so cool. I haven't gone back and rewatched it, unfortunately. I do have the movie. I just haven't rewatched it yet. Um, 
but I think that's that's just it's so cool. Um, I know a lot of people have problems like where they're like, what's going on? But I feel like it almost feels like they're attacking themselves, but they're not. Like from how they're showing the two different sides of it. Yeah. And then you don't really see like the guys that they're fighting except for the dude down in the cage. Um, but I think I think that's just such a cool scene, especially with like showing the building blowing up and how they blow it up ways. Um, so they take down like it seems like this gunner tower and stuff like that where they're like picking people off from almost. So the way they knock that down and stuff like that is I think that's really cool. The yeah, the things that I took away from that scene was like yeah, that, that one tower with the rockets. How the one rocket is going in reverse, it puts the building back together. But then the next rocket mm-hmm. hits the top of it, blows it back up. Like how fucking cool. Like that's just such a cool I don't I don't know, it's it's a, such a, a cool visual and like as as an idea, like what if we could do that sort of thing? Uh and then going another part with the buildings was when yeah, they show the building already exploded, but then the rocket comes out of it and it gets put back together and that person gets like trapped in the building as it's being built. Like mm-hmm. ooh, like that's yeah. <laughs> oh wow. The whole the all of the um all of like the backwards violence and stuff like that, like specifically the scene where uh Kenneth Branagh shoots his wife is like terrifying. Where yeah. he pulls the bullet yeah. back through her and stuff like that. I think Kenneth Branagh in this film is just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like that scene and then the other scene where he's like where he's telling her to like shoot him and stuff like that, where she pulled the gun on him, I think he's just terrifying. Yeah, that dude is he. Yeah, he's a really good bad guy because, like, the, you know, the first time you see him, you just see like a silhouette, basically from the sun or whatever, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, this dude is," you know, he's the bad guy. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping it was going to be, um, a different actor, someone who was like, uh, like almost like a cameo, like it's somebody like really big name person, um, but I was also okay with who it is because I think that dude does such a great job of playing this hor- like horrifying fucking dude who mm-hmm. his whole like his whole thing is if he can't have that girl then no one can nope. but that also means no one's allowed to be alive <laughs> like right and then and then he like his whole thing is he can end the world whenever he wants cuz he got the technology from the future mm-hmm. and he and it's like hooked up to his heart and stuff like that so when he he dies everything ends which is like terrifying that is a very similar uh concept in a, in a little film that won the 19 uh, 1997 special effects award of the year or some shit uh, a little film called spawn the exact same thing happens where it's the bad guy gets a, a like a pacemaker a pacemaker thing on his heart that's attached to all these nuclear bombs across the globe so that when he dies they would all go off and it would kill mm. everybody um so i know what you're, i know what you're up to nolan i've seen movies too <laughs> well that brings us to another movie nolan seen in the in the fast and the furious movie with the um the car heist they pull off in the middle of the film the where oh, they're stealing the uh the piece of tech uh from this this armored car and I think that scene's pretty cool too. It's that, not my favorite. It's definitely 
such a cool uh cool scene yeah that it does feel very that's so i didn't even think about that until right now that is 100 percent fast and furious so you have hey we need you know we need two dumpster uh dumpster garbage trucks we need two we need a fire truck <laughs> like mm-hmm. the police cars yeah that is such a cool scene uh that whole highway scene thing is cool too because i remember seeing that in the trailer and be like what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. so yeah find- with the cars going backwards yeah so to finally give it the context is like oh shit this is kind of cool uh yeah and then oh and then how they go back and do it back that scene backwards too yeah, yeah. So I I do like that how they they do show you like okay this is how this is happening, but then when they get to the future like the timeline future they're they show you how the other side happens. Like I, think- I that I think my my one of the things I love the most about the movie is when they when they they go through the machine after she gets shot and stuff like that uh-huh. and how all that stuff plays out where they go backwards i think that was my moment where i was like holy shit holy shit we're doing this yeah which i think was was awesome um and then uh i think i think probably my favorite scene and i feel like it's probably a lot of people's favorite scene is the airport scene in this movie that is just so cool the way that's all <laughs> planned out and stuff like that where they have to hold their breath because the gas comes out. So like if there's a fire mm-hmm. and how they have the plane crash into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that whole sequence, especially with the going backwards and stuff like that. And the fact that both of uh, the protagonist, the people, both of them are fighting is the protagonist as he's going through one and then goes out the other and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that whole scene is really cool. And it's really like messed up. Like, the, like, watching it trying to figure out what's going on stuff like that how one's going one way one's going the other way yeah it's so cool to see it's cool yeah it's cool and it is kind of hard to like exactly like wrap your head around it to be like oh this is how oh okay now i get it yeah it's it's forward it's backwards whatever i i agree with that scene that is fucking cool and when i watched it again it's like how much did it cost to fucking crash that plane <laughs> or, or how could they make that manageable? Because it doesn't look CG at all. Like it looks very practical. Nolan Nolan doesn't really use any CG. He's big on practical stuff. So I have yeah. to imagine they do that flew an airplane into a hangar. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> they might have done it on miniature scale or something like that, but still. Yeah, it, but it it looks so good, and that's such a cool and like horrifying idea of like, what if I took a giant ass plane and crashed it into a building? Um, yeah, and the same. The same thing goes for how like they dump the gold out of it and stuff like that to create the distraction. Yeah. And how they have to run through the one thing and basically get pulled out the door. How the one dude does, you think he dies, but it's him going the opposite direction, I think is really cool. All that's done. Uh when I when I saw the movie in the theater and when they showed those two dudes fighting and the one guy's going backwards and he he's like obviously got the whole get up on you can't tell who it is. I was kind of like, I think I know, I, I think that he's fighting himself. Um, yeah, I I wasn't sure who he was fighting. I thought Robert Pattinson saw himself, and that's why he let the guy go. Yeah, that, so that's yeah, that's what I exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, they're fighting themselves, which mm-hmm. it, it's cool because they kind of like, you know, he gives you a little bit like, here's the concept, and 
all, all of a sudden now they're fighting this dude who seems to be moving backwards. Like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, yeah. But then as you know, they keep sprinkling on little and a little bit more, a little bit more like information. And yeah, it, it totally makes sense. And you could easily guess it from the jump. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're fighting themselves. Yada, yada, yada. The, the one thing I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, this film is Robert Pattinson. He is so, so cool. And I think it feels like they use him the perfect amount where it doesn't feel like he's on screen much as a side character, but it, you don't miss him when he's not there. And I think that's like the best way to describe it because it feels like you want more and more of that character, but it also feels like they give you enough of that character too. Yeah, I didn't really think about it like that. But yeah, it does make... He is in there like the perfect amount because he's not... Because the focus is still on the protagonist and like it's still his story. Um, But then once you know... The same thing, they're giving you these little sprinkles of Robert Pattinson until the end and then when he's like, oh, our story's just beginning or some shit. And you're like, oh, you son of a bitch. Like... Yeah. Like they had such a cool feature or whatever. Yeah, that's such a cool thing where he came back and then went the other way. Mm-hmm. And it's for him, it's the end of the line but for protagonist. It's just the beginning. It's such a cool concept. Yeah. Cause there could be a granted when you, they could have a whole nother um, movie. That's just like just their story of like, you know, uh, it's like a buddy cop movie. Uh, Christopher Nolan presents a buddy cop movie in the uh, <laughs> tenant universe. They have the, the family barbecues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I I think Robert Pattinson's great in this movie, and I think he's just been on a, a tear of great movies, and I'm so excited for Batman. Yep. Um, and I think the only thing I don't like about um, what they do with that character in this, mo- this movie is the way the backpack is shown, because you kind of, after, when you see that guy get shot and killed and stuff like that, when he opens the door, mm-hmm. you kind of figure who it's going to be, that it's going to be him that does that. Um, but I think the way they kind of explain it afterwards is, is a cool way to pay it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even in the beginning, they make a mention, well, not make a mention, but they make a point to show that little, that little backpack thing, Mm -hmm. that little backpack hanger. And the first time you watch the movie, you would never even think about it. Like there's just so much that's happening, but it's, it's definitely for the second viewing where you go, Oh shit. It was him the whole time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's, He's so they're both so fucking good. Like Yeah, John David Washington's awesome in this movie mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I think John David Washington definitely has a bright future ahead of him too. Um because he was in he was in Black Klansman as the main character in that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what else he's got coming up, but it's I think he's gonna be in some good stuff too. Um He's gonna be in some movie with uh Zendaya. I just saw the trailer for it. I think it's something about I can't remember what the hell it's called. I think it's an is it in New Heights? No, it's no. like in black and white. It's like a marriage movie or something. Love and oh! marriage or something. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Then That looks incredible, too, because I love both of them. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this one scene in that movie, or in, uh, in Tenet, that I, this one line that he says that fucking kills me. It's, he, goes to, he goes to dinner with uh, the art woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking, whatever, and then her husband's goonies show up, and they take her out, and they take him into the kitchen. And I laughed in the theater, and I laughed at home when I fucking watched it. 
they bring him into the kitchen and they're all standing around him. And he's like, I, I ordered my hot sauce over 10 minutes ago. And then they start fighting. But it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? That's <laughs> such a fucking weird line. To say. Like, I don't know. It's that got me. I, I thought that was very funny. Yeah. The, well, this movie, like to me watching at theaters, I'm like, this is definitely, definitely feels like Christopher Nolan's like audition for a bond. movie. Like, that's what it felt like. Oh, okay. Which I think is cool. Yeah, the um, proof that he can fucking do it. And we already knew he could do it. Yeah, I I love all the espionage stuff in this movie, and especially that kitchen fight scene really cool, too, mm-hmm. um, with all the hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that, because that's all going... Everybody's going in the, the forward direction. So mm-hmm. it's all, like, that stuff. But the thing that got me where I was like, is the cheese grater, where he's, like, oh. has it on the dude's face. Like, yeah. Over like, it. It's like, ugh. that has to hurt... Like it, ex- like, it's just so much. Have you ever cut yourself with a cheese grater? I don't know if I've ever cut myself with a cheese grater. Uh, but like, b- back back in the day, um, I took off part of my thumb with a cheese grater. Like ugh. we, it's always I. If I ever cut myself while cooking, it was on my thumbs. So we had we were grating cheese like this big ass block of cheese. I'm doing it all fucking day. Then you're just sitting there grinding, 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 grinding. And I come down and it like clips like this side of my thumb. It just like completely takes a chunk out of my nail and a chunk out of my thumb. And it's oh. like, like right, yep, yeah, that's like wrecked because there's fucking blood everywhere. So, mm-hmm. so to get that on your face. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. Imagine if that person had like a nose ring and it got caught on there and it ripped through their nose too. Ugh. When my nose sometimes there's like a there's like a space in the ring because I like I had to push it together or whatever. But sometimes mm. I'm drying my face like if the towel has like a like a run in it and it'll like a thread it'll catch it, and sometimes it'll get caught in there and it'll fucking yank on it. Oh mm. god! <laughs> Immediately your eyes start watering and then your nose hurts the rest of the day. Yeah. Ooh. Of all the so, <laughs> of all the dramatic and like hyper violent things that happen in movies, I like how that is the one where I'm like, that's a bridge too far. She's <laughs> greater. Yeah, there's certain there's certain just weird things that are like just everybody's like, no, that's not okay. Yeah. Like the other thing that I can think of is in in Home Alone with the nail on the uh, stairs <laughs> is uh, Marv's going up and he like he steps on it. That's that one like grosses me out too. Or in the second one where he fucking gets electrocuted and he turns into a skeleton. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I haven't seen that second one in a long time. Oh, I love it. That's so fucking funny. All right. Anything else you want to put this on the old ranking? Yeah. Why don't we rank it? Cause I don't, I think we covered everything. Pretty thir- I think Tenet was our most thorough movie today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a, it's a fucking good movie. So, we can't really rank Tenet on anything other than the 2021 movie list and the all-time rank. So, for 2021, Ricky, where do you think Tenet should land? Uh, I would put We've that got at- Wonder Woman at number one. I would put that at number one. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Tenet is going to be number one for our 2020 movie list, which is exciting. It's a very so now we have two movies in 
2021. But this is the real tricky part is where are we going to put this on our all-time movie rankings? So number 11, Catherine Upside Down. Number 10, The Runner. Nine, Conan Barry in 2011. Number eight, White Mile. Number seven, Taxi Driver. Number six, Prince of Persia. Number five is Scoob. Number four is Wonder Woman 1984. Number three is Labyrinth. Number two is Haunted Mansion. And number one is Clue. Ricky, where are you feeling? Feeling like we should put put this movie? Ooh, ooh, I like it more than Clue for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Like different, like updated reasons. But I like Clue a lot because I think that's, I don't know, the accessibility of it and like. Clue's a very special movie. Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. Like, that might be our if we had you know the most special movies list of all time it would just be Clue, because it is such <laughs> a, it is very special and so it's fuck it's hard. Ah, I feel like nostalgia aside, I feel like Tenant is like the better movie, but like factoring in nostalgia is where it gets hard because Clue is just Clue is a special movie. Yeah, like there's no doubt about it, and it's our number one on there currently for a reason. So it's tough to say where Tenet falls on there. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, uh, uh, nostalgia aside, I think Tenet is a, a better movie. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm good with number one. I think that's a, number one? That's a well-deserved number one. I've, I'm right there with you. I'll put Tenet number one, too. So let's start off 2021 movie list. We put Tenet at number one, Dethroning Clue. So it goes number one, Tenet. Number two, Clue. Number three, Haunted Mansion. Number four, Labyrinth. Number five, Wonder Woman 1984. Number six, Scoob. Number seven, Prince of Persia. Number eight, Taxi Driver. Number nine, White Mile. Number 10, Conan the Barbarian 2011. Number 11, The Runner. Number 12, Catherine Upside Down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you want to... uh, Going forward, do you like the top 10 of all time? Or do you want to keep it top 10 all time of our the length of our thing because it would suck if you get to week you know 25 and you got to rattle off 25 movies when when we know those last ones haven't really changed i think what we should do is we should rank or like rattle them off we should keep the whole list Okay. okay but depending on how good the movie is rattle off different sections of our all time list oh okay Cool. Yeah. So if it's a bad movie, we rattle off once from the bottom, decent, the middle, and then excellent is we rattle off the top movies on. Good idea. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you're not you know saying the same list every every week, and it's you know. Yeah, it definitely got longer with us adding more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Co- yeah, it was, sure. it was fine when there was like four movies on there. But shit, now we got twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got lots of movies, lots and lots of movies, and lots of cover. Because next week we've got Basic Instinct, which is on Netflix. So everybody that has a Netflix account, feel free to watch Basic Instinct. Come back next week and uh, join in our conversations. If you have any comments or anything you want to add on to the show, um, either leave it in the comments of this video, or you can uh, find me on uh Twitter at Starroom Studios or Instagram, both on Starroom Studios as well as Howard, aka 88 And if you want to uh, contact Ricky about 
anything with our shows, anything he said. Um, get mad at him about how uh, Cheetah is a cat from Cats. Uh, you can find him at uh, at Ritz Khalifa with a Z. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about changing my name. So I've had Ritz Khalifa as my like handle for shit almost the entirety that I've had Twitter, which has been ten years. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about changing it. And I, what do you think about changing it too? I don't know. That's the thing. It's because, like, obviously, it's not my name. It's more of it was like because there was like a, a tweet that was going around that was like explain your explain your handle, and I didn't do it because I'm like I'm not fucking trendy. I'm not gonna jump in on this, but but I thought about it, and so like it comes from uh, Ritz was like um, was like a nickname that I ha- have had where mm-hmm. our thing our whole thought process behind jokes was like word association and like changing that person's name uh just slightly so like my thing was always like it was like ritz or reggie or uh uh, reg like it's just like variations of these things and so a girl i used to date like i don't know called me ritz a couple times and i was like oh that's hilarious and so i used that but then the khalifa came from uh wiz khalifa and Mia Khalifa. And so I, at the time I was like, oh, that's so fucking funny. Like <laughs> Ritz Khalifa and I put them together. But now I'm starting to think like, what if someone's actually named Ritz or Ritz or their last name is actually Khalifa. And I'm just kind of like taking that. And then, or what if, cause Khalifa, like the Burj Khalifa, I think that's like you know, middle Eastern stuff. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm, I'm using that as a joke. I guess I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird thing, but I was thinking about changing it to just like Ricky Online or Rick Online or something like that. Well, you you might be able to get Ricky Attinger just straight up, but I don't know. Yeah, it's also kind of weird too, because like, yeah, I, I don't I I don't know. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just change my legal name to Ritz Khalifa, and then everything will be okay. Yeah, you won't feel guilty anymore. Yeah. Oh no, it's just my name. Like what the fuck? <laughs> oh, say yeah. that in your driver's license. It just says McLovin. Uh <laughs> But yeah, if everybody uh, out there wants to uh contact me about well, I don't care, whatever. Hit me up at Ritz Khalifa. Twitter and Instagram. Oh and Twitch. I mean I haven't streamed no in forever TikTok. though. <laughs> no more TikTok for Ricky. Not TikToks out. Uh, I don't really ever go on Instagram, as you know, because like I, I, it takes me forever to respond because I just I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. If you ever wanted to make a podcast but run into a roadblock when trying to get it out into the world, now you don't have to worry about that with Anchor. Anchor is a completely free service that can get your podcast on platforms from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Now there are even creation tools that allow you to make your podcast all in one place right on Anchor's website. They give you the opportunity to make money through Anchor, no matter the size of your listenership. So go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today and put your podcast out into the world. Now available. Now available. Now, now, now available. Now available.